Welcome into the third episode for us of the Last Dance After Party. I don't know if I've used that title on the uh, on the the recorded podcast, but that's just what I write in the title field whenever we have to post the podcast. I don't know, man. I don't want to put a lot of thought or effort into any of this. Got to name everything something. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. It's got the name field. It's staring right at you. You got to write something in there, mm-hmm. or else it but won't. Then you won't work. Then you got to do it three more times in yeah. different subfields. And you're like, I'm regretting this decision more each time I put it in there. (laughs) Imagine typing Dragon Brag in there 5,000 times and thinking this is a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you, brother. Um, My life. I I wanted to tie up a loose end from the previous podcast to start out. Uh, For the the intro for this one, I'm going to put in uh, Be Like Mike. And it was mentioned in the uh, the episode, certainly, um, but they did not play the full commercial. I only know that mm-hmm. because someone sent me the full commercial, and I did watch all of it because it ends with the uh, ELO shot. So I oh, think wow. that that is uh, how the shot got popularized, despite the fact that it was not featured in the television broadcast. That was the Kodak the last thing, yeah, of the... Uh, the Be Like Mike Gatorade commercial. I guess I always just would have figured that's Nike commercial just because it's Jordan, but in fact, Gatorade commercial. You guys remember Gatorade when they were in the glass bottles? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I remember breaking a few uh, riding bikes up to 7-Eleven. Hell yeah. <laughs> dangling them in the... smashing uh, them? Well, dangling them in the, uh, in the plastic bag on the handlebar of your mm-hmm. bicycle and taking a turn too hard and just shattering one of those all over the ground it was one of those commercials that was so good you don't know what they were advertising <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's the peak like, of commercial ah. making yeah. <laughs> michael um, jordan shit i don't know but yeah so i'm i'm tc fleming i'm here with mike the machine marshall and we got sam anderson of the quaker yeah, yeah. city nighthawks joining yeah. us to uh, discuss oh, yeah. the michael jordan documentary the last dance uh, they are a band mainly about basketball and, mm-hmm. and Michael Jordan in particular, so this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it is it is a MJ themed uh, musical experience. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, you do wear a basketball jersey on stage a lot of times. I have been known to wear basketball jersey on stage. Yes, would, uh, I, you would say the Dirk Germany your number one. Do you have an, is is the Culver number two? Uh, Culver's pretty close number two. I got a Larry Bird jersey that I like a lot. Okay. Uh, so, but uh, he was yeah, in Culver, this. Culver right now is kind of my number two. Jerry Culver. Yeah. Yeah. Got the, the uh, Texas tech, 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 tech jersey. jersey. Yep. Uh, they uh, both okay. went to Tech. They both oh, didn't same, finish. Same went to Tech. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I only played basketball briefly uh, at Tech, though. Didn't uh, take them to the uh, dance. You either drop out of tech or you die in <laughs> Lubbock. So <laughs> only two ways to do it. These are, these are, the, these are true things you're saying. Uh, I've seen one tech basketball game. I was on the uh, baseline with a photog pass whenever they upset DJ <laughs> Augustine's Texas, Texas team. Oh, and uh, students rushed the court behind me. It was a thrilling moment. Yeah, we beat tech at North Texas my uh, sophomore year at Ooh, the Super Pit. That was, some big, nice. that was some big shit for us. Were you there? Oh yeah, I was I was like calling the game. I had to like do KTU play by play radio. Yeah, you and KT? No, I don't think it was like I think it was actually Alex Collins. <laughs> I think okay. it was AC. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you know, I was at the uh, the O five game when Texas Tech beat number two Kansas at the Ooh. United Spirit Arena. 
That's nice. United so, spirit. With some Crowley boys on that team. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a basketball <laughs> uh, area. Um, Hotbed. So yeah, there, this 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 episode took us in a lot of directions. I guess uh, I don't, I, don't, I, th- I think every time I've been saying which uh, what's the little bit of inside audio that impressed me most, mm-hmm. and uh, th- it started off episode five. So I'll mention it here. Uh, the stuff of Jordan in the locker room at the All Star game, like yeah, for one, seeing him in the locker room at an All Star game is amazing because he's around the only other people who could potentially be his peers. And mm-hmm. like, they're not treating him like he's a peer. He's not treating yeah. them like he's a peer. Like Kenny Hardaway looks like he just saw God. Yeah. Dude. Like he's the talking the same way. He talks talk to, to like, like the regular ahead, sorry. bowls. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, the one dude that was like actually having a conversation with him that was on that Eastern all-star team was Sean Kemp. Like Kemp was the only one that was actually like saying stuff back and forth. Everyone else is, looking up like the Christmas tree just got a new ornament on top or something like Penny who I thought was like one of the coolest motherfuckers that ever lived yeah like will not touch this conversation no he's not even diving in at all like he's looking at that double dutch being court, like I'm out let him do it yeah yeah it's like, I can't get the beat right all right yeah. <laughs> you guys just go yeah. on <laughs> fuck it fuck it go on without me and then like Jason what the other Jason Williams I think was the other guy in that yeah. penny shot Nets Jason Williams yep. which is rando as hell yeah, yeah. Did, Did you like Antoine Walker an making an all-star? <laughs> I love, I love all-star Antoine Walker. Yeah. Every time I, Rick Smith's like yeah. that guy was an all-star. Like, I don't know. God. I, I feel like I'm learning through this, that, uh, the, the basketball didn't used to be as hard <laughs> not to take anything yeah. away from Mike, but like yeah. whatever, whatever you just break down these teams, like the fact that they were able to win off say six straight championships with like the, the third guy on, on their team, like, was just never like you know <laughs> yeah like people always talk about Paxson. like uh for, insert, for the last insert goofy white guy here you know like, <laughs> yeah or like like rodman rodman being yep. the third best player on a championship team is Bringing difficult like for me to imagine points. that now yeah yeah it's not quite the the way they build teams now i don't think <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's fascinating to watch because you do get weird things like a rick smith's all-star jersey and Larry Bird in the hallway and Rick Carlisle on that coaching staff bumping into MJ as he's talking shit to somebody. Like, I was like, hey, Rick. I was like, I, wanted, I really wanted to text him and be like, how have you, like, you look younger now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but, uh, that was fascinating. Like, I forgot Sean Kim made an all-star team with the Cavs. That had to just be on clout because that guy, when he left the Supersonics, he had like one, maybe, maybe one good year with the Cavs, and then he just blew the fuck up, like, got up to, like, 290 real quick. Yeah, you know, I mean, you just got to respect his ability to do what he wants to do. Um, I and, and then the fact that he's, like, just watching the way that everyone else is treating him, but then then the subject matter, obviously, yeah. fairly crucial. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to take from it. Like, it, it seemed to me like... This is forced, isn't it? What do you mean? Like, I don't feel like they had a whole Kobe part. Maybe at the beginning of the year when they were editing this thing. And feels, then, a, feels a little shoehorny for sure. And then they realized, oh shit, we got that Kobe footage and MJ talking talking noise on him. And they had, like, they passed in the hallway and I I didn't even realize Kobe was walking by MJ because his back was to me. And I was like, oh, they just had an interaction in the hallway and they didn't say a word to each other. Maybe they're that cool. Maybe they're that tight of friends. I don't know. But... Uh, um, I'll argue the other side. I, I bet that Kobe's uh, a part of this story 
like regardless really really if uh, based on everything i would i would assume that that's going to be the extent of it and if they had wanted to do more i think it would have made sense because like i i I think that basically what kobe was saying about like i don't win five championships that michael like one i believe that two uh i i think that's kind of like a a huge part of jordan's impact the the way that like Mm -hmm. All other like later good play like all other players who consider themselves or are considered by the basketball world to be the best player ever uh, or like the best player of their time like like it's not like they even mention like how do you measure up to Larry Bird like no one gives a yeah. shit you know mm-hmm. um, and I I think that that is like there's a lot of ways you can compliment Michael uh, I I think that that's one of the like the biggest ones and most impactful and I think that Kobe's the most direct because like obviously he and LeBron draw plenty of comparisons um, but you know they, they don't play the same position like like he and Kobe mm-hmm. do Kobe's game was much more similar I, I I think it's an insult to Michael to say it is similar because he didn't miss that many fucking shots uh, <laughs> but you know um, I. I grab a rebound every now and again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was dude. He called him that little Laker boy. Yeah, I yeah. Was like, man. Ooh, and ooh. you want the ball for me? You better try rebounding. Mm-hmm. I thought that was yeah. an interesting part of it. That like they they open up with with Michael making what I interpreted to be fairly critical comments. Like yeah. like he has some amount of respect for him, and he's saying that he wants to see him, and you know whatever. But also being like. Son, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And yeah. then, then to have Kobe like come on two seconds later and be like, "Yeah, he mentored me a lot. It was great to me." Like, I, I don't know. It, <laughs> it, it kind of makes Kobe look like like I wish they would have showed him what they were going to play two seconds before he started talking, and mm-hmm. like it, the tones didn't fit. You know? Yeah, he might he might have just laughed at it and yeah, just been like, probably. "Yeah, that's that's how it they almost, treated us back almost, then." It almost seems like kind of a thing. Like I don't doubt that you know Michael like mentored him or anything like that but it seems like the thing where like he's cool with kobe one-on-one and as soon as he gets around the guys where he's about to have to play against him he's like oh yeah this little laker boy like we're gonna i'm gonna mm-hmm. make this a one-on-one game you know i think it was kind of he's in front of the guys that are all you know like razzing kobe as the new guy so i think he just My think probably is king of argument that. is that it would probably be as relevant to spend as much time on derrick rose yeah. Speaking about yeah. like Derrick Rose uh, and MJ's impact on him in the city of Chicago, I guarantee you they don't spend one minute on Derrick Rose. No, oh, I, I, I wish they would. I, I they're gonna, they, they spent you know five minutes on Kobe. Yeah, um, and I get that. Like people called, there are people that are like the generation below us that are like twenty five right now that say Kobe was their MJ. I, I mean, get that. That's yeah, fine. Then I'm, just the, I, just the I, told, I told him sorry. Made, but yeah, 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 I told him sorry about all that shit. Did, yeah. But. Did you like? Uh, did you like how Kobe and his when he's talking about him? He's like, I really don't like to answer questions about you know who would win on a one on one with Michael. <laughs> uh, even though I, he's like, side note, it was me that won a one on one. Kobe just never. He 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 never is willing to say Michael Jordan's better than him. He's saying he allowed it. Right. You know, like or not not better, but like. I don't know. You still got to keep that jab in there where it's like, I'm still Kobe. I still got this. <laughs> till, till the end. Yeah. So then uh, they, they go from there to diving into the, uh, the, the business, of the shoes. I thought like, uh, it seems like a lot of people don't like the uh, going back and forth between timelines. I love it. Sam, do you, do you have a strong opinion since you haven't been talking about uh, this? Man, I could, I could see, you know, I, I listened, I've listened to all these, uh, you know, I heard Jake saying, speaking ill of it. Uh, I can see where it can be a little bit distracting, but uh, 
I kind of like it as bookends, you know, where it's kind of mirroring how these championships worked versus how these later championships worked. I, I kind of, I mean, you know, I think the backstory is necessary too. So it's a cool nonlinear way to set up a documentary. I think, you know, rather than just telling a story from as soon as he enters the league to the, you know, 98 series. So they just got too I much of the 97, 98 footage that they have to be constantly going back to 97, 98, because that's when, you know, like, like, like it's not just the games are a story. The fact, the fact that he's getting into fucking like uh, quarters games with the security guards <laughs> is a story. Yeah. And so whatever they got to put that stuff in, like you got to find a way to be talking about 97, 98 all the time. And then also working other stuff. I think that the way that they've like worked it in, like just the way they've managed to touch on so many topics uh, in a way mm-hmm. that I don't feel is too forced. Like whenever he's you know going through his last game in the ninety seven ninety eight at the Madison Square Garden and then um, you know is he's wearing the old shoes for it so now we're going to talk about his shoe deals like I I thought that was a smart way of doing it you know I, yeah I, yeah we're just let's let's natural. go back and show a little background yeah yeah I like but that. about half half the time it makes complete sense and another half it's just a flashback for flashback's sake like they just yeah. forgot to mention one of the titles that he won. So they're like, <laughs> they beat they beat the Blazers right here. And then it jumps back forward. And I'm like, why the fuck did I just get five minutes on Clyde Drexler? Like, what, what does that have to do with anything? It um, was an amazing five minutes on Clyde Drexler. It was awesome. I did like it. But the, the Air Jordan shoe thing, uh, that's one of my yeah. favorite parts of this documentary. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a great storyline. The, the theory behind it, how David Falk um basically repped a bunch of you know arthur ash and a bunch of tennis players and how to make them icons and get them their own commercials and be front-facing people to um you know the common public and this is my brand what i do i mean that's the beginning of starting a brand right that's 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 the origin is david falk and, and what nike was doing and then to take jordan even though he wanted to be adidas or adidas um yeah. which uh, adidas blew a 3-1 lead in yeah. the fucking finals because they did Whoops. not get Michael Stop. Jordan. Oops, yeah, that, that one hurts. And then that one hurts corn later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tough. And then signing Derrick Rose for two hundred fifty million dollars for the rest of his life. Well, I'm I made that uh, good for them. I've, so, I've bought enough Derrick Rose gear in my life that they've that they're <laughs> profiting on that overall. What's this timeline for Adidas on uh, at just signing Run DMC? Uh, that's a great it's, question. It's, it's got to be right. Or, like um, that's before this, obviously. Uh, I guess from I mean, so Jordan 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80. yeah. Uh, so it's definitely before Jordan got a shoe deal. So that's why it's crazy mm-hmm. to me that they couldn't get a shoe done for Jordan when they had just the mm-hmm. Sheltos with Run DMC had just lit up the planet. Yeah. You know, that was the first time uh, athletic shoe company had dipped outside of athletic shoes mm-hmm. uh, for express athletic purposes, and. and I just don't even think they had like a basketball shoe. Like I don't even think Adidas had a basketball shoe yet. Like Converse clearly had a shoe. Uh, They showed him in North Carolina wearing some. Yeah, he had some Adidas basketball shoes. Yeah, some. But but, I mean, they they just looked like the shell tops, but like a little bigger. They looked like track shoe. Yeah. Yeah. With some ankle support. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it it does have a little bit of a uh, uh, Tom Brady going to the Patriots kind of thing of like you know if you really thought that he was that good then like. you should have uh, picked him well before the sixth round where they like yeah. went over Falk saying like that they projected that in the third year they would sell four million shoes. And they sold a hundred mm-hmm. or uh, four, four million dollars worth of shoes in the first mm-hmm. year. They spent they sold 126. But like Nike did not understand what they had. Like, it's no. not like Nike like, uh, you know, was like, well, he's definitely going to be worth more than a hundred million dollars a year. No well, problem. I guess 
to an extent they knew what they had because they gave him one of the biggest deals. They were saying yeah, normal yeah. deals like a hundred grand. I mean, but not to, uh, yeah, of course not to a, the extent of they're expecting, you know, what, what was it like? Uh, I forgot the exact uh, 3 million over four years for the sales. And he mm-hmm. got like 126 million in the first year. I yeah. definitely don't think yeah, they saw those mean, numbers coming through. There's some weird times in sports whenever, I mean, like the cap will jump, right? And just like markets adjust like in an exponential way. It's like whenever Luca was up for his shoot. I was like, whatever they sign him for, it's not enough. Yeah. Like if they would have said $50 million for a deal with Nike for Luca for the next 10 years, not enough. It's not enough because his star is huge. And you can look at that guy and go like, he's going to be the biggest star in the NBA yeah. for the next, next decade. You know, God willing, it's just not it, whatever the number is. It just wouldn't have made sense. I mean, what was, uh, um, what was LeBron's shoe deal? It was 99 million, right? Like right out of high school. Yeah, something like, like that. Like, and that was how long ago? That's you know, uh, is like oh four oh so, yeah oh three yeah, yeah he came in two thousand three um, draft yeah so uh, you know great first shoot yeah, like you're saying Lucas yeah no amount of money is enough like uh, they're gonna yeah. make exponential off that yeah and I mean I I always I'm, I mean this is not like a, an original observation by me but it, it certainly is uh, uh jumps out at you in my opinion that uh, Jordan just capitalized on being the best, like much more so than everyone who had been mm-hmm. the best before him. Like it really seems to be a line of demarcation where like, I, and, and it's not like there's necessarily a curve. I mean, kind of, but like, do you feel like LeBron does like a drastically different, better job of capitalizing on everything of his the way that Jordan did? I do not. I feel like it's about the same. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, Jordan and Magic, like not a comparison. Jordan did a lot mm-hmm. more. And yeah. I, I'd always figure that that was just like, you know, just another part of his genius. Like whenever you see how good he is at one thing, you kind of want to attribute that to everything else, which is mm-hmm. why it's interesting to have the story of him being like, yeah, I didn't want to do Nike. I thought that was yeah. terrible. Uh, and, yeah. and like and my mom had to beg me and then I was like, fucking fine. I'll go. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, like, were the, they were the track track shoes guys. Like, cause I think if he just signs with Converse or something, then like, I, yeah. I don't know that it all happens that way. And it sounds yeah. like David Falk knew what he was doing the entire time. And he's the mm-hmm. one like begging him like, you know, and arranged all the Nike stuff. So I, I think if anything, I'm learning, uh, you know, I, I would say the two biggest factors aren't Jordan. It's just luck of, you know, his mom insisting on this for, you know, whatever reason. And then, uh, David Falk, uh, you know, it sounds like he knew what he was doing all throughout the process. It's there. It was probably like, mom, want to go, uh, sign with, uh, Adidas. These German guys got some cool shoes. And his dad got on the phone. He's like, you've embarrassed me for 28 years of not being able to turn a fucking wrench. <laughs> not one wrench you've turned in these 28 years. Can you just do this one thing for me? Yeah. Just go be in a Nike. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, like, I don't even done. know why they want him to go to Nike. So like, why does what, what principle is his mother going off of? Like, you got to, got to hear him out. Like, I'm also guessing. Yeah. They didn't even have Phil Knight. I'm yeah. guessing <laughs> at this point, what other meetings has his parents been to shoe wise? I know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and as soon as you hear a meeting like that, you're like, well, hell yeah. Take this deal. Like, like mm. you have nothing to compare it to. Like what other shoe deal was he courting? Like, yeah. I guarantee you if I take my parents, like say if I get offered a huge record contract, a really terrible one, that's like worth even like $50,000. My parents are like, you, we got to take this one. Right. Like, <laughs> like they've never been in a meeting like that. Of course that sounds amazing. Like you're not going <laughs> to let them represent you. Who cares about creative control? They're offering you cash right now. Like, yeah, you got cash money, dog. <laughs> cash in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I have a, I have a hot sports opinion about the, the Air Jordan 1. And there uh, better be positive, everyone, Mike. No, I think it's the most influential shoe that'll ever exist. Okay, like, I don't think it's, thinking. I don't think it's possible. That's not even up for debate. For a shoe to be made in the future yeah. that more influential than that shoe. Yeah, like, I mean, very few shoes that I, that I, that I would buy more. Like, like I, I had a pair and uh, I, mm-hmm. I fucked them up and I just went and bought the exact same pair. I've never done that with yeah. another pair of shoes. And yeah. I, and, and once these ones that I got to wear out, I'm, I'm always going to have a pair of gray Jordan ones in yeah. my house somewhere 100% of the time. Yeah, I have three pair of them downstairs and I just started collecting them like a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, there are people that are like hardcore shoe heads like um, Babito Garcia um, and some of those old school like New York or like yeah. um, blacktop dudes that'll tell you that um, the Jordan one and the subsequent shoes were so popular, whether they were good or not. Uh, after the ones that they ruined the shoe game yeah. that they ruined like the competition even. Um, so like Abito Garcia put out like this book. That's his favorite shoe from each year. It's like, good God. It's like since 1970 on, it's really cool. It's kind of like uh Shea Serrano's rap year book. Um, but uh, he doesn't have any Jordans in there. Cause he thinks Jordans were too good, too popular they ruined the shoe yeah, game that's why that's why you got a large one putting out 20 dollars spaldings with his name mm-hmm. you know like like uh who, like who else is going to draw back at that time even like a hundred dollars a shoe that's insane you know like, like yeah. what was it probably 65 75 and mm-hmm. i maybe i'd always attributed jordan's popularity as like i mean by the time i was old enough to realize he was popular he he had several titles so i like i thought it was deriv- der- derived from the titles it was cool to see that he sold 128 million 26 yeah, million right dollars bat. worth of shoes in his rookie year like so it, it just it, it you know it that uh, that part's uh probably like rookies today like that that's probably the way we feel about luca now it, it mm-hmm. must be how people right. felt about him then and that i mean that, just a market cool that didn't thing. exist before that yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah like i'm sure i'm sure they signed they tried it before obviously with but they had to have literally six nba guys in that commercial and um to be Jesus like this is magic magic can't rap <laughs> oh good I'd, like God. To see, I'd like to see what those shoe numbers were like the converse number what was comparable mm-hmm. at the time like how many of those are they getting and it looked like there was a Mav in there. Like whenever Bernard King pushes uh, someone out of the way, it, it looks like there was. Yeah, it looked like it was Aguirre. It looked like it was Mark. Yeah, it, it I been. think it was Mark Aguirre. Was yeah. it? He's, okay. he's scoring like twenty five points a game no, back then. Mark Aguirre was a badass. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see his face, and I saw just Bernard King push somebody off the off the edge of the screen, and I was <laughs> like, "That looks like a Mavs jersey. That's got to be a Mavs jersey." But it's it's creating a marketplace or revenue stream that didn't exist before Jordan. Right. There wasn't a million dollar shoe deals. There wasn't, I'm going to sell a hundred million dollars worth of shoes off this man's name because he's the best. It just didn't happen. Like magic, magic did what magic did. And he was known across. I mean, he's a household name. Like he's, he was like OJ back then. Right. And all magic, magic played the game well enough to like work himself into like a late night talk show. Like that was success to him (laughs) back then. And then Jordan just came and, exponentially was like you know what mcdonald's wilson gatorade uh i got cool commercials that are iconic um and it just went over the top with it like it just went i see i see your five and i raise you 25 and it's something that the players now like they have no idea what it was like back then they have no feel just have you don't get you don't get a million dollar 
Panini deal thrown at you like right out of the gate, <laughs> like all these guys get nowadays. Yeah. But it's, it's fascinating to me. I, I like how it, it's fun to see uh, how close Jordan and Magic apparently were. Like a lot, just a, a yeah. lot of times it comes yeah. up of like, well, we were playing cards at Michael's house and, and so on. <laughs> uh, and so it's nice to see like two giant figures like that are just hanging out all the time. Uh, on the other hand, every time I hear Magic talk, he's he seems like a really nice guy, one of, one of the sweetest souls on earth. But uh, I just I just think he's real dumb, man. I don't oh. I don't like hearing him speak. <laughs> he's 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 cheesy, man. Like he's, I, I, he's got too much of a purred happily vibe to him. <laughs> I'm the one talking on your screen. Yeah, it's, it's very, he's very purred happily, but. I like I like that one locker room scene where he comes in and they're in the All Star game. And he's like trying to cut up with him. Yeah. He's like, "I'm with these old motherfuckers. I'm with the old mugs." mugs. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, like mugs. he's so worried. <laughs> he's so worried about being Magic Johnson. And I'm like, everyone in the world knows you have AIDS at this point. Yeah. Like, you could kind of do whatever you want. <laughs> That's also like like in the same vein, Derek Harper pouring that beer in a cup uh, yeah. when they and he doesn't want anybody seeing. I don't want them seeing me drinking beer and. Yeah. I mean, is it Scotty's like I don't give a fuck. Like, like I don't care. No, Scotty. Scotty said I don't know why you're filming his drink, and then Ron Harper's like, "Fuck that." <laughs> yeah, Ron Harper. Sorry, I said Derek Harper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, did, I didn't did know. Uh, I I don't know if if like this was out there previously. I, it's such a famous thing. I guess it probably had to have been. But the Jordan shrugging thing that he was shrugging at Magic was is that previously yeah. established? I didn't. I didn't know that at mm. all. I had no clue. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I uh, I went back and watched that game uh, even before they had announced that this like that was one of my first quarantine activities. I watched a couple mm-hmm. of the uh, the key games in the White Sox World Series run in 2005, <laughs> and then uh, it's because this is what I got on DVD. I've got those DVDs, and then uh, whenever my uncle passed, he had a, a the like the NBA Entertainment puts out like it's all the championship films, and then mm-hmm. a game from each year of uh the bulls dynasty and so i'd i'd, I'd watch the the trailblazers game one and uh it's fucking great yeah, on the one hand it's like uh you know it's it's a very modern thing because the, the big thing is that he's hitting threes over and over um yeah. he, he sets a uh i believe a finals record for made threes in a game in the first half something like that but it's like Damn. seven <laughs> like they're like yeah. seven threes in one game <laughs> unbelievable mm-hmm. <laughs> never, <laughs> never never be done. replicated <laughs> yeah um yeah and like like every just every time he shoots one they 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 absolutely treat it like he's uh doing a magic trick <laughs> um and uh they just start screaming it's like ha! <laughs> witch <laughs> yeah. there's a witch yeah Burn him. you also see about three or four of those threes are just completely wide open too like yeah. there's just nobody on him yeah um, I, want, I want I want Clyde Drexler, Tr- Clyde Drexler's half of this conversation. Oh man, I wish like, I would have loved to have heard that. I need Clyde going like, why is he picking on me? Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like it's just it, it, it it's a great testament to Jordan that like it's Clyde Drexler's a fucking all star. Like who who gets mm-hmm. upset being compared to Clyde Drexler? He's like, yeah. y'all got to be fucking kidding me, Clyde Drexler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's when someone doesn't read your tone on an email, and then <laughs> yeah. you're like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now, Clyde? <laughs> Clyde the Glide? Like that's that's who you're comparing me to." He also looked like, like he was that. about sixty years old in that. Uh, yeah, series. 
Like, he does. He's been looking 50 his whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otis, Otis Nixon disease. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he the draft before Otis Jordan. Nixon like, they're the same age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he looks super old. Um, and then uh, once once they win uh, and they're showing the celebration, I just mm-hmm. wanted to give uh, a, a lot of appreciation to Jordan's insult style because every time he's clowning on Jerry, like, he, he doesn't no. repeat yeah. the same jokes, but it's he just hammers that theme same theme same yeah. theme yeah because <laughs> jerry comes up to me he's like what are you smoking are you cigars and he's like yeah he's like can i get one he's like no it'll stunt your growth <laughs> <laughs> i mean six burn just but... hammering him too man yeah <laughs> And I mean, like, it's something you absolutely can't control. Like, I know every time Jerry's like, what do you want me to do? Have different fucking yeah. jeans? Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to wear taller shoes? Like, what the, what's your fucking This is not a personal feel, failing. It's I a random like Jerry, number generator. At the end of the Jerry's going to run up on the stage like, uh, I think you should leave the magician episode whenever he's like. I make 10 times as much as you. <laughs> he just starts he's just been saving all these rips on Jordan. Um, but yeah, he does reach in the same toolbox over and over and over. I did, I did really appreciate. Um, so they win the championship and Jordan's like, man, I'm fucking exhausted. And you know, the, all those epic photos that happened after that game, him just like sitting against the wall and uh, all that stuff. And Phil's just like sneaking out a back door with yeah. the title with the trophy in his army as an MGD. An MGD. Yeah. <laughs> an MGD and probably a three hundred dollar cigar and, and, yeah. a, and yeah, a gold and a gold Miller can MGD. <laughs> genuine draft looking like a fucking oh, NASCAR car. Hey dude. I loved it. I those loved made it. A it for him. Those made a resurgence in my Lubbock years for sure. Oh no doubt. The, M- the MGD. No doubt. So I I didn't know that they were going to be as direct about the Isaiah Dream Team stuff as they were. Yeah, that was that was. They're, they're getting some raw stuff out there this yeah. this last two hours, like I the Zeke stuff, um, and then uh, the Jordan gambling stuff, and then what was the other thing? They just kind of started railing on him. Um, the coach stuff was pretty, oh the pretty the yeah. not supporting the black governor oh, guy yeah. that was running. Gant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I believe that was, that's the first time that he's ever like acknowledged that he said that. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I've, I've always been like, I've always been interested in the circumstances surrounding that quote. And, uh, anytime you go and look it up, it'll be like, listen, it was in a book. It's not on tape. He's never yeah. like, igno- you know, he, he doesn't so Horace, talk about Horace saying that, right. Well, that, but he didn't, they said but he didn't he did, leak but the rest of this stuff. I don't they think they, they think uh, it seems like what the consensus was that, a lot of people think Horace did, but a lot of people think it seems like a lot of people were leaking. Yeah. Like it was, that was an interesting part. Whatever. Yeah. Michael's just straight up like, yeah, yeah Horace did Horace. a lot of shit. <laughs> 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 and then they got Horace sitting right there yeah. being like, I never said anything. Yeah. And that, that was another good bookend that they did too. They showed them meeting, uh, and Pippen and, and Jordan mm-hmm. sitting there at center court with Horace Grant. And then they flash back to, Oh yeah. Horace told a bunch of shit about us. <laughs> yeah. That was very, <laughs> very, Rick James, I never grind my boots. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Couch, and he's like, yeah, I grind my boots on Charlie's couch. He's rich. You can buy another one. So I think it, it was, was like Will just, Purdue that was also like, yeah, you know, yeah. Horace, Horace talked a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's and like, I, Horace was not cool with this shit. I didn't, I didn't know what to believe. Because, I mean, if, you, if all you played me is Horace being like, no, I never did that. Mm. I would be like, why so many years later? 
would you lie about it? Like, I, I, yeah. I think yeah. I'd be inclined to believe him, but then you've got a couple other sources, and I don't know, you're inclined to believe Michael because he's Michael fucking Jordan. But, uh, yeah, I, think I, I don't like, know. I think I like Horace. I think I like Horace Grant. I think we I can hang too. out. I he too. seems like a cool dude. Oh, yeah. I like Horace Grant. Yeah, no doubt about that. Although, you know, you don't, you don't want people talking to the press, man. He was, um, on, a, he was on my plane on my senior trip uh, oh, shit? <laughs> in 2003, our, our plane to Orlando. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. A place yeah. he knows well. We had we had mm-hmm. two 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 '90s bull sightings on that trip. Our stinger trip was to Disney World. <laughs> okay. And uh, during the uh, 2003 Mavs playoffs, uh, was kind of in the middle of that run. And uh, or uh, we saw Scotty Pippen at the ESPN Sports Zone at the uh, <laughs> at disney world he just lives there. there you go yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just at the bar drinking i was uh, very startled was he really residency yeah he was just drinking at disney world at the at the espn sports zone and like pleasure island in disney world you sure it wasn't like a guy dressed up in a scotty pippen costume <laughs> <laughs> no pretty sure it was him well, what used to happen on Orlando, and the same thing happened in Phoenix for a long time, is teams, whenever they came in, they would have to stay at like a resort because there wasn't a hotel that was close enough um, that had like the number of rooms or whatever. There so for go. the longest time in Phoenix, they had to stay like in this like giant resort. And then Orlando, I'm sure they'd probably make them stay at like Disney World or whatever. Well, that, that was uh, right when Disney had opened up that, that gigantic sports complex. Yeah. Uh, what the the I'm sh- I'm sure that. I believe that's where they're uh, talking about playing out the rest of the season now, right? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they're gonna make Mike go down Looking there. Looking forward to that. Mike's gonna be an Orlando <laughs> guy now. We're never gonna get him <laughs> back, dude. No. It just fits It'll be like, too like much. the Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like uh, what's the book of Book of Mormon? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever they get up, they get obsessed with Orlando. <laughs> Yeah, so with the uh, with the Isaiah stuff, uh, I I thought that was interesting. Um, like that, uh, I I I, did, I didn't think that he would give a straight answer about it. You know, especially given that you're seeing like the footage of him back in '92 being like, "Don't fucking ask me about this." Mm-hmm. Um, and it it seems like I, I I would say he said exactly what 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 happened. That that came off to me as convincing to be the real thing, which is. That it it kind of sounds like they made the decision before they called him. You know, like it's not like they were like, I don't know, we'll have to get back to you. Whenever he's like, who who else is going? They were like, mm-hmm. we know who you're talking about, and he's not going to be there. So that's not Jordan forcing him off the team. But it also sounds like Jordan might have forced him off the team if he was on the team, or like <laughs> might have like sat out if 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 Isaiah was there and. You know, given everything, like uh, watching those practices where there appears to be a pretty serious edge to some of it, like like whatever. I, I thought this was interesting. Both uh, Charles Barkley's reaction, then uh, he kind of does the same thing to Patrick Ewing in the uh, the last game in the Garden, and Ewing has the same reaction of like not wanting to draw back with him, just being like, mm-hmm. "You already won. Just shut the fuck up and leave me alone." Uh, you know when when he's going to Charles like boy we kicked y'all's ass there huh uh, yeah. Charles like is just like don't don't I don't want to do this with you yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but that kind of stuff it, it's it seemed to say to me like that there was real fucking emotions going on in those games uh, and that that they were then able to you know at, at a certain point like uh, leave it behind and just like also seem to like genuinely love each other you know. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I, I just think, I mean, that, I think they made the right call. Right? Yeah, yeah, that just would have been a hard if, thing if, to do with Isaiah. Of course. If Zeke is on that bus, like, he's talking shit the minute they get on that bus, probably. Yeah. Like, assuming his personality. And I don't, I, I mean, I'm sure Michael doesn't like him to this day and never liked him, but he's pretty it seems clear. like a yeah. lot of people didn't like him. Yeah. Like, he yeah, yeah. tried to fight Magic in a game, tried to fight Scotty in a game. There were four or five other dudes, and whenever, like, the most important guys on the team don't like you and think you're going to be a problem... And this is the first time they're inviting professionals to play yeah. in the Olympics. You can't, you can't fuck this one up. So if yeah. that means not having, you know, whatever Zeke was at that time, I don't even know how good he was in 92, but not having, you know, the fifth best point guard in the league on your team, then fucking that so is always a, yeah, I, I'm weird. They talk about it so much or that like he talks about it. So that it's such a topic because yeah, like I, it was not the peak of his game. Yeah, like I, I I think he was pretty much done. But so was Magic and Larry were kind of there too, right? Yeah, like they yeah, could, yeah. They could play like fifteen minutes and then they'd kind of be cooked. And I mean, Magic um, was in the finals in in ninety one, and this yeah, is just ninety two. I think Larry, I think Larry was done. Larry's back started going, and he was yeah. like in between. He'd play like seven minutes, and he had to go lay down on the side and get like ice packs yeah. on his back, and then he'd come back in the game and you know do Larry Bird shit. Um, but I mean, they clearly made the right call. Like it's yeah, if, if, I, I think just I mean just the probably animosity that existed between the people that were on the team and how tense that practice was. Can you imagine just adding Isaiah Thomas on top of that? Like I don't yeah. think they come out laughing on the bus after you know Magic Johnson says, "Guess we shouldn't have made him mad." Like I don't I don't think that happens with Isaiah Thomas. You know I don't I don't think that's a well we got our asses handed to us by MJ. Let's all laugh about it now. Like I don't think that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's a certain like line whenever you're competitively uh, or in like close competition with someone you consider like your peer, your brother, where you can just say like go fuck yourself to someone's face and like right. laugh about it two minutes later. Whenever just, you're not tight like that, and there's like just that little bit of separation, yeah. and like it just it's just a totally different tone, right? They swing on you instead of laughing about it, right? Yeah, um, well, just like just like Michael Jordan telling Magic Johnson, "This is the '90s now." Like mm-hmm. in that practice, I love that. Where he's like, he's like, this, mm-hmm. he's saying, he's like, this is just like Bulls Stadium, you know. And Michael just turns around, and is like, it's the nineties now, man. <laughs> it's, not, it's not your it decade anymore. It's, this one's mine, you know. It was funny, like scanning that group and seeing like Larry Bird and Chris Mullen and uh, Magic and all these dudes, and then I just fucking look to the left and like Christian Leitner's just hanging out. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing here, bro? <laughs> what are you into? So respect to the amateur the roots. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, shit. I think they had uh, two college so players. Do you remember who the other one was? They did. I don't remember who the other one was. I don't think he... Can you imagine I don't being know, a college nearly. player on that team? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, That's the God. only way that Leitner got to hang around. Yeah. I don't uh, know who the other one was. I'll look it up, though. Yeah, so I uh, have you guys ever read uh, Season on the Brink, the John Feinstein book about uh, Bob Knight? I have not. No. I uh, I finished it last night. I, I highly recommend it. One of the best books I've read about any subject. Absolutely fucking incredible piece of work. Uh, they they have an Isaiah Thomas story in there that uh, Isaiah Thomas. I think it was the uh, Fort Wayne Athletic Club. He was being named <laughs> the the man of the year by the Fort Wayne Athletic Club, and uh, in in 1981 he was going to be the the first uh, African American ever awarded that award by the Fort Wayne Athletic Club. So Knight went to him and asked like, hey. 
do you want to do this? Like, you know, th- these are guys who've been racist for the previous, you know, until now. <laughs> so if you want to go to, if you don't want to be in a room with them, I get it. And, and Isaiah was like, yeah, no, whatever. Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, so they go and like, you know, there's several speakers before him. And uh, one of the first speakers decides that he's just going to, uh, you know, kind of let him know that it's, it's, we're, we're still playing by our rules by uh, using a couple uh, uh, racial jokes to loosen up the crowd. And Knight, you know, is fucking pissed off. He's mortified, but he's got to deal with these people. So, like, he goes to Isaiah and he's like, listen, man, I know you're pissed off. I'm pissed off. If you're going to lash out at anyone, do it at me. Just take out your frustrations on me, and then we can walk out of here and, like, fucking get past this. And uh, so Isaiah gets up, and he's like, you know, uh, playing for Bob Knight, learned a lot of things, learned a lot of new words, <laughs> like fucking shit, piss, and just goes through the list of every single curse, <laughs> like every curse word. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I learned from Bob Knight. <laughs> and uh, the the Fort Wayne Athletic Club was uh, was not happy. Isaiah wrote a letter <laughs> a letter later uh, saying Strongly he was very sorry wording. for uh, for using all those words in front of those people. <laughs> that's funny. That there's no there's not another uh, non-professional on here, but I do find it interesting that the head coach is Chuck Daly. <laughs> yeah, is Zeke's coach, and he was like, "Nah, fuck that guy." Nah, he, but, but we'll leave him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. You're right. No, I I thought it was weird that Chuck Daly was good because he mentions that just because uh, Jordan's like Chuck better not play me more than ten minutes or I'm yeah. quitting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was shitty too. He's like, "Oh, it's a week from Sunday, isn't it?" <laughs> after you just had like the most gruelings that's i mean that's how the nba offseason is especially in olympic years like it's like oh cool season's over what, yeah i got a week okay cool uh um, i thought it was baller as hell that the practices took place in monte carlo always, that always was had, a, had a soft that spot for monte shit. carlo would like very much like to get there no no place in the world so singularly dedicated to being elitist i would say yeah it's pretty much up, <laughs> up at the top yeah number one i did uh I was, we've been waiting for the, the Kukoc moment. Yes. Kukoc? Kukoc, yeah. Um, I didn't, a lot of I disagreement didn't, on how to say that name in this, yeah. in, back in well, 1992. Well, there's, a, there's a lot of agreement on Kukoc, too. Like, I've, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he gets drafted as Tony Kukoc. Like, uh, that's what yeah. they announced on the, from the stand. He's you like, know? is that me? Who the fuck is... <laughs> um, Never met that I man. Didn't, I, I didn't realize they played Croatia twice in that 92 yeah, Olympics, and I didn't realize they played Croatia in the final either. Um, and I sure should didn't realize... I mean, I would have put two and two together that Tony Kukoc was on there, but uh, that was... He's just like, what the fuck did I do the whole time? Yeah. yeah. Like, this is like a... Like even he's present kind of day, like, like that, that was a, that, you know, that was obviously like a now interview where he's like, they didn't even know me. They'd never met me. Why yeah. do they feel this way about me? And it's yeah. like one Jordan speaking present day seems to like make a line of demarcation where he's like, well, obviously we're cool now. We were teammates and Tony didn't right. appear to get that memo based on how he <laughs> yeah. was talking. Um, and then yeah. two, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, that to me seemed to sum up a little bit why like uh you know tony kukoc never reached his ceiling like if if your reaction yeah. to that like jordan's reaction would never be like well you didn't know me <laughs> right. why are you mad at me like yeah. 
I don't know. He had a couple other things to it. You know, whatever. I, I, the stuff that Wilbon was saying about how he's tough, like, yeah, I guess so. I'm sure. I'm sure that going through war would change you. Uh, mm-hmm. But 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 I don't know, man. Like he he did not have the same uh, like a uh, you know not not a bulletproof guy, Tony Kukoc. <laughs> I, I found it fascinating, and I didn't. You know, I've researched like the history of Slovenia in the last couple of years for obvious reasons, just to be like, what is this place about? Um, sure. But I did not. Even when I was researching, I didn't add up two and two. I was like, okay, so I was six years old. Whenever Yugoslavia used to be a thing, and yeah. then they decided, um, you know, we're going to have a civil war and we're going to break into these smaller things that are Croatia, Slovenia, and you know the other ones that I can't name off the top of my head. Don't ask me. But uh, yeah, that was fascinating. Not he was like, uh, about, he's like, shit was kind of fucked up, so I just stayed home. Yeah, he's like, I didn't want to run off too soon or something, like you know. Yeah, I, I also thought I don't it was know if he had a kid or what, but. I thought it was interesting that uh, that decision was based on he was making what do you say a couple more million to stay in yeah in Croatia mm-hmm. you know like I yep. just, I didn't even didn't realize Croatia had big basketball money back then but uh, apparently so man if he's like his first two years he said it was going to be a difference of a couple mil so did they take him high did they say it was like the third pick uh, of the second round oh second round okay yeah he made no money then I mean he was yeah. probably making like. I don't know, three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And then in Croatia, he's probably making a mil. Yeah, I think that the whole like uh, you know they they got into how the team resented the negotiations over Kukoc's contract and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And uh, I don't know, I, that part bothered me. What? In what way? In that like everyone's going, why isn't Jerry paying attention to our team right now? Like why isn't he? You know, he, we've got this championship team why isn't he you know fawning over michael and, and scotty and i'm like he's finding y'all the next superstar yeah like yeah. He's, he's out there doing his job like and you're like upset with him going why is he out there scouting people what the fuck like so, uh, you, yeah, you yeah, equally could have said the same things about john daniels when he's scouting darvish but like i think we're yeah. all pretty happy he's scouted darvish for sure like and that's his this, job is to find the next thing and at this point has he not like gained a little bit of skins on the wall with yeah. the Pippen choice, yeah. you know, like, like that wasn't a super obvious one. I don't think, right. Looking back mm-hmm. on it, the nah. way they portrayed that. So he's got to have some sort of, you know, mm-hmm. credit due, you know, but, but yeah, I, apparently not just trying to anticipate the, uh, the, uh, Krauss mindset. I, I think that the, like the Kukoc thing, like it, I wouldn't say is like a, a terrible screw up, you know. I mean, like he was a serviceable player. I'm not even mm-hmm. sure that I would exactly call him a bust. He certainly didn't live up to you know some of the hype that was uh, was was made about him. But whatever. Sometimes it's too much hype around a lot of players. Uh, but but as far as Kraus falling into it, it, it seems to me like it's definitely this is the kind of thing that he would get immense credit for, much more so than being like, oh, this American college player right. is good. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, going, the, if he hits on this, it's like, holy fuck, he's a genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's the guy that wants to trade his first round picks for only third round picks because he think he can like own the draft. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because he's uh, like, I'm going to outsmart you. I'm going to game you. You know, I mean, like uh, Donnie Nelson being able to, uh, uh, you know, live an entire career. It, I, I think he's a fine executive. I'm very happy he's involved with the Mavericks. But like uh, the, the, the notoriety he has gotten for picking Dirk. You know, any, whoever mm-hmm. picked the first European superstar was going to get that. 
And, yep. you know, I think that Krauss understood that, that this was a, a difficult shot that he was trying to hit. And that so then the, the reward back to him in terms of uh, esteem amongst the media uh, would, would be much larger. And he, he seemed like a guy who cared about that a whole lot. Yeah, he seemed pretty obsessed this, this with This is it. probably around the time of uh, Petrovic and Detlef Shrimp and yeah, yeah. a couple a couple dudes that were probably cooking pretty good that were like second year dudes yeah. that have been playing pro since they were like 16 and came over and they were like oh shit this is the wave right here and Krauss was I, I, like I want to be that dude I also feel like the Olympics had a big part of it too because mm-hmm. uh, what was it 88 Olympics uh, looking up uh, US finished bronze that year they got beat by Russia uh, <laughs> that was with David that was a David Robinson team you know mm-hmm. Uh, he's like 23 or something like that. And I think they were, and previous before that, that was the all amateurs, you know, like it was mm-hmm. no professional athletes, 84. So I think they were starting to get waxed a little bit by the European competition. Obviously yeah. the reason the dream team even formed, yeah, uh, we're going to put it into, you get beaten 88 by Russia. There's some, there's some, you know, definitely uh United Dude. States Olympic committee. People pretty ticked about that one. You send you know? a bunch of, American college kids over there to go fuck with like Arvidas Sabonis yeah. and Yesa Kavicic and like that, that Lithuanian team back then you were getting fucking curb stopped. Like those yeah. old, those old dudes will kick your ass sideways. Like they had to get, they had to get a dream team together. Like that's, yeah. that was the answer. That's the, that's the last of us bronzing in basketball, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that'll well, be the end know. of that. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Once LeBron <laughs> gets involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, how great was that Reebok shit? Oh my uh, God. I just the that. way, I'm, the way he talked about it beforehand and then the, the shit eating grin they capture him with when he's wearing the flag. Mm-hmm. He's walking it. across and just hold, grabbing the, yeah. oh man. I'm just going to, whatever, I whatever shit they got you, I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever shit I don't want to do, I'm just going to cover it with the American flag. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah. He covered, covered up a, covered up a capitalist logo with an American flag <laughs> and yeah. cap still doesn't have a job. <laughs> they, I was, I was really confused when they were explaining it. Cause I mean, obviously I understood after a little while that it was like the windbreakers or the track suit. Cause I yeah. was like, those jerseys yeah. are champion. Like yeah. he's fine with wearing champion the whole time. Yeah. I guess he can't do anything about that. Um, and Champion's an awesome brand to begin with. Way better than Reebok. Um, and I mean, he's probably but, used to it for the jerseys, you know. Yeah. Jersey sponsor's yeah. been the jersey sponsor his whole career. You know, whatever. But I did like how petty he was being. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is, dude, he is fucking Tom Petty <laughs> through not, this whole thing. They're not going to be able to hide it like I can hide it. <laughs> <laughs> and then that, that was about the time they got into the, uh, the Republicans mm-hmm. buy shoes quote. And I thought that was an interesting juxtaposition because like... I don't know. Uh, I think that we all have to accept by now that there are a lot of people that just don't really care about politics. And like, yeah. uh, you know, the, the challenge to those of us that do um, is like to, to work around them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like I, I, in, so there's, there's a lot of people out there. I'd say most people who are like that focused on one thing, uh, you know, tend not to like, you know, it, it, there's a lot of other topics you probably didn't have an opinion on either. Um, yeah. but to put it back to back of 
how much he intensely cared about not having the Reebok logo on TV. And then it's like, well, uh, also a black person has a chance to defeat Jesse fucking Helms. And he's like, one of the worst humans of all time. Yeah. 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 Uh, a guy who like Jordan had no, like Jesse Helms would have hated him to his core. If he ever met him, like just on the fucking grounds, you know, uh, on, on the basis of race alone. And, uh, so, you know, um that well, it was he said he, he don't he, he eventually donated to the campaign later right yeah yeah he mentioned yeah because he, he was saying that the only reason they were talking about it was uh his mom had asked him to do a psa and he was like well if i don't know the guy then i don't want to cut a psa but i'll give him a check and so he's talking about that and says the uh the republicans have money to or buy shoes too and my entire life that has been presented as like business wisdom from michael jordan Mm-hmm. or like certainly like a i don't, I don't know never once don't, as a don't joke cut your audience in half yeah like yeah. a yeah no i've never known it as a joke either i've known it as a hey i'm getting pushed on this issue and you know what it'd be really dumb for me to take a side yeah. and for him like one i mean obviously in the documentary directly says it's a joke but two if, if you're watching the rest of the footage like mm-hmm. if he's talking to teammates everything coming out of his mouth is a joke like him saying that that way absolutely fits in like the the whole business of uh uh you want you want a tickets next to who god you just yeah. got one yeah. from him like that's exactly the the tone that he would have said of, you know just. republicans buy shoes too yeah. you know mm-hmm. like it, it just it it made me like uh like I, I never thought that we would get to this part of the documentary and i would have any part of me feel like sympathy for michael jordan because <laughs> you know obviously i do not uh feel that uh we should care about whether or not republicans buy shoes they have terrible ideas and they need to be called out um <laughs> but uh you know to, to hear that that in fact he was just making what like is kind of a funny off the cuff mark like in that context mm-hmm. i'm like okay yeah that, that is a funny thing for michael jordan to say and then for that to then be presented for the rest of time is like uh you know here's a serious belief that he has uh, it really yeah. it's presented as like a pretty foundational part of like how he sees oh, yeah. the world when he's it's like no like dude. he's anti-black candidate and you're like i don't mm-hmm. think that's what's happening here you know yeah he Coming- just doesn't give a shit yeah i mean nope. it's not as important I- as the reebok logo <laughs> I think it's, it's one of the most um, heavily misunderstood quotes that has ever been yeah. like thrown around as just can, canon in our life. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a little bit unfair of a label to slap on him after that for sure, because you know you see music and music's more inherently political than you know uh, playing a guard position in the <laughs> NBA. But uh, you know, there's tons of musicians I know that don't want to support either way. And they definitely have their political leanings, but they're not about to jump in with their, their small business that they've created and, mm-hmm. and just kick around a bunch of stuff like that. Like you are mentioning, you know? So no. I, I think it's unfair to expect him to support that candidate just because it's a black candidate. And I think that's what it came down to. I don't think they were like supporting him because this is their, I mean, it was the right thing to do to support that candidate, but you can't pin that on somebody when they're, it's probably 20 rungs down on his list of priorities right now. Yeah. I just wonder, I just wonder how his story would have been different. You know what I mean? And, like and I, he comes out and he's, and he becomes a social justice warrior for like yeah. all injustices that have happened to black people yeah. in his time. And he's trying to change him and he's using this, this pedestal that he keeps talking about to like change some of that. Like, I don't think we're talking about Michael Jordan gambling and all the stuff that's going to happen with yeah. his father and, 
all that. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, it's hard to say, and I, I guess, I don't, I don't even know that he felt different. I think it really is just he didn't give a shit. But I, I don't know what the cost really would have been to him. I, I have a hard time imagining it would have been too high. Like, I, I think that he's popular enough and his brilliance is obvious enough that it's, it's difficult for me to see a large portion of the population being like, well, but he thinks differently than, than me, well, so fuck him. Like, they're going to be like, he jumps off. Where was this off. race again? Where, where was this political race? Was it North Carolina? Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his so, home state. So you're going to have old, you know, white cracker Homer that uh, is running against this guy. His people are going to be the only people you lose as fans. Like, like, mm-hmm. and is that, is that, and really, I kind of even think that them are going to be like, well, fuck, it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. He's, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. You, uh, yeah, you're not going to lose all of them as fans, just the diehards, you know? So they're going like, to go cut LeBron, up their socks. LeBron <laughs> embraces some causes <laughs> yeah. that, that the people find extremely annoying. Uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, d- I don't think that, uh, justice for Eric Garner or, uh, you know, the black lives matter movement is annoying, but obviously there's a, a large portion of the country that does. Sure. And, uh, you know, LeBron is cast as lot where he's cast as lot. And I, I don't feel like it has prevented him from being popular. I, I don't think that he's like lost on a, on a whole lot of opportunities. When, so when you say things that need to be said and they seem radicalized, they've already won. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know a way around that. Like, if you say things that need to be said at a, at a time because you have the pedestal and people are going to smear you as being radical or, you know, whatever people do nowadays, it's they've already won the battle. Um, and it was fascinating to me to see uh, Barack Obama dance around this shit because well, he, he really was did, clearly he? not cool <laughs> with that, dude. He said it in the most Obama way possible, but he he hated that fucking quote. Yeah, which is you interesting because, like, uh, I mean, obviously he's a politician, but as far like like a lot of the other like, really, they they have some similarities in their public persona. And like Obama's, the first thing he says in the documentary or in this episode is talking about that, right? Uh, of mm-hmm. just being like what yeah. you know, like like me, Oprah, and Michael, the the Chicago <laughs> Three, uh, you know, our our success, like it's it's a certain way, you know, and and like uh, where you you have extra expectations, and like it's going to mean more if you you know go to Atlantic City for for a night, and so mm-hmm. uh, like Obama's not a guy that like uh, seeks to inflame like you know, by dint of his position in his existence, like he does inflame a lot of people. <laughs> but, but it, I, yeah. I think that if you are looking at his, uh, public record, <clears throat> like he really seems to go out of his way to like, not like, Oh, he tries to accommodate like every turn yes. possible, right? Yes. His, his, his way of doing business is not like my way of doing business, which is like, no. if you do something wrong, I'm going to rub yeah. your nose in it until you understand you did something wrong. Yeah. Like Obama, Obama is way definitely soft glove it. Like, well, hey, that's an interesting take. Have you ever thought about this? So for for you to do something that's like Obama's like, ooh, I would have had a little sharper elbows there. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, he's not Jesus, a very dismissive man. person, so for him to even yeah. kind of skirt that. He's was... like, he's like, is Michael going to see this? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't know that the uh, the Hawks played in the Georgia Dome. Was that? Dude, was that, that blew thing? my fucking mind. I was that's like, crazy. no way they're going to the Georgia Dome. It's like, no fucking way they're going to Georgia Dome. And they... That was a weird setup. That was a weird was ass setup they had. Specifically, specifically for that, right? Was it? I think the Hawks played there. That's where they were just playing. I thought it was I just. Think, yeah, I think that, that's where the, the Hawks. Was that the was that the ninety eight or was that? Uh, yeah, that, that was, was ninety eight. N- 
Was that 90 day, 98? Yeah. Okay. I, I, thought, I thought they were just I lost rolling. track of our jumps. I thought time. they might have just been rolling out to the Georgia Dome because it was possibly Jordan's last year. Dude, I'm not rolling that. There. I'm not ruling that out, but uh, I, 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 I would find that to be more surprising than they just played a couple years. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't, I don't see. I don't see their stadium. Here. There's probably contracts too. I don't see their stadium just letting yeah. it bounce for not <laughs> a regular game. season game. I don't think you can. Yeah. I don't think you can do that in a regular season game unless yeah. there's like crazy that's circumstances. That's wild. That they played the Georgia Dome. Then. Yeah. So Dude, whenever they were building Phillips Arena from 1997 to 1999, uh, they use the Omni was devel- uh, demolished in '97. So Alexander Memorial Coliseum, I don't know where that is. I mean, obviously it's in Atlanta. Um, it's a, oh, it's a Georgia Tech's home. So they used uh, Georgia Tech's home stadium and uh, the Georgia Dome equally. They alternated between the two. Wow. So they so did no brainer where that one was going to be. Yeah. 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 The shit they used to pull with arenas, like I just been like having to do a lot of moody madness stuff over the last couple weeks. Yeah. And realizing they already had a deal with World Championship Tennis, so that's what bumped us to oh, yeah. SMU Coliseum. Yeah. And <laughs> oh man, I'm like, this is professional sport. Like, what? What are y'all doing? Like, it's fucking insane. But they were just, you know, running shit like a freaking Dukes of Hazard episode back then, <laughs> dude. <laughs> like, and just some know. of the places like that, all this stuff happened. Like reading about like the Richfield Coliseum. Like the Richfield mm-hmm. Coliseum was like in the middle of fucking nowhere, I- Ohio. There was nothing <laughs> there before it. The second it was done, it was torn down and like became part of a nature preserve. Like the <laughs> the, the land now has been like fucking returned back to the earth. Uh, so like you know, the, in in the Man. entire hi- history of uh, you know the planet being here for the most the the giant part <laughs> of that time, people have regarded that nothing. space as just absolutely inconsequential but for you know a 20 30 year stretch uh that's where jordan made one of you know his biggest moments <laughs> uh larry bird says it's his favorite place that he ever played the richfield wow. coliseum uh Jeez. just fucking weird man <laughs> like all these arenas that's... it's just it, it speaks to like I, I i think that sports really just used to be a much smaller part of the culture the money involved used to be less oh, yeah. Uh, and like you know you just had these people owning teams that like weren't really wealthy otherwise uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, them trying to f- finance this arena was probably very similar to me trying to finance my house of, like, you know, just yeah. fucking scrounging up whatever you can and, like, hoping the down payment's big enough. Oh, yeah, uh, I, feel like, I feel like the owners back then, the, their team ownership took up much more of their percentage of income than, than nowadays. You oh, know, yeah. Where you, get, mm-hmm. where you get people buying them on because it's a fun thing to do after you've already made a billion dollars. So dude, when the, when the Mavericks were getting bought by Norm Sanju and Don Carter and everything, like they had an initial deal and this is how like, just, I don't know, fly by the seat of your pants, cowboy. This shit was back then. They had an initial deal that was voted and approved and it said, you give up this amount of money up front. And I'm sure it's like $200,000 or something, um, with your little group of, of businessmen. And, uh, We'll vote for this deal. The owners will vote for it. It went 17-4 or whatever, and one person abstained. And then the league was like, you know what? I don't know. Let's call it $300,000 up front. And Norm Sanju was like, what the f- what the, what, what are you talking about? Like, we had a deal on two hundred grand up front. And so he had literally had to go back to his group <laughs> and be like, the NBA's squeezing us. And just be like, can we scrounge up another hundred grand or whatever it was, whatever the amount of money was? And he's like, I don't know if we can do it. Like there was a moment when the Mavs franchise was like, 
I don't know. The NBA just like came back and said double it, and we don't have any other choice right now. So it was like, just, just very... imagine that with Cuban of like, oh, you need an extra hundred, make it two hundred. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, I, like yeah, I'm gonna know. But these dudes like let me move, they were let me like move some staking their claim. <laughs> yeah, they were staking their claim on this. Like this was like big shit. Like they deeply believed in this. Like Norm Sanju lived here for like a year researching if a team here would work. Um, but it is. It is very funny watching how business worked back then, especially giant things that we think are $5 billion teams nowadays. Seems so rickety. Like, oh, dude, it's the most rickety. It's the most like um, like pawn store, like flea market shit going on. Well, that's how you get a guy like Kraus from there and coming from baseball, just sliding yeah. right. I mean, no, no, not the owner yeah. position, but like... Dude, and, the number uh, of people that could put together like a draft board and knew the people to call yeah. to get like scouting reports back then. I mean, it's 50 people in the United States. Yeah. And you see, I like all that footage of Kraus uh, scouting and stuff like at the games, you know. Yeah. Got a hot uh, dog. What was was there a second there where he's in Croatia, like watching? Yeah. Coach, but like you just yeah. just. I can't imagine like his seats the were all right. That guy went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they weren't were even good. good. Yeah, it was definitely like like second level for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I loved. Uh, they had the one shot when they're uh, building the United Center. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. was the the finals against the Suns, and that's that's a great mm-hmm. little fact that it happened the way that it did you know like the, the first three of the three peter in one building and then they build another building and then do another three peter in that building and uh man that that was as always like been a big line of demarcation for sports to me the building of the united center because mm-hmm. i went to uh and i mean I, I don't know exactly how this breaks down i think that the united center was one of the first arenas that big that luxurious if not the first but it was the first one i ever stepped foot in i, c- I can tell you that for certainty and uh we we grew up uh going to some mavericks games because you had to buy the package in order to be able to see the bulls come through and <laughs> we were very interested in seeing the bulls come through Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, went to just a ton of sidekicks games. <laughs> I would say about one, once a month during the season, uh, the tattoo for, era. Uh, saw, saw tattoo play a lot of times. See if you got, uh, all ease on your, uh, conduct on our report card, you got, uh, sidekicks tickets. Mm-hmm. We took advantage of that. And, uh, you know, any, any kind of deal. I don't think my parents <laughs> ever paid full price for a sidekicks game, <laughs> but, uh, we, we so went to a lot. Got, Jake's pizza, uh, MO for a sidekicks game. Never pay full price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, fucking reunion arena. Like I get like, uh, it's mainly Bob will say like really nice things about it. Um, no. and I, I understand like, you know, his, his love for the crowds. <laughs> it's an awful fucking building. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, fucking was, toilet. That place and, was a fucking dive. Like just, just concrete every the whole thing's just fucking concrete. Uh, yeah. And whenever I walked in to the United Center for the first time, and they've got like marble floors, I'm dude. like, what the fuck is this, dude? United <laughs> Center is legit, and I'm this. I'm really lucky in that like the sequencing of this has come in like the last three months of when I've been to an All Star game there. I've been to a Mavs in two Mavs road games, so I spent a lot of time in Chicago over the last like three or four months and just watching the United center stuff in the film and like the press area downstairs, whenever Sam Smith is kind of telling his story, mm-hmm. the press area still looks the same. Yeah. Like it's still, they still do the row of tables 
And then they have like their press area is humongous, but they have this like giant work area and just like seeing that shit is it's very cool for me right now. And that that yeah. arena is it's honestly one of my favorites in the NBA. I mean, there's not there's not many that are better. I haven't been in there since 1998, but like the uh, exposed like uh, ducting and like the cables and stuff in in mm-hmm. the the bowels of it. Like I just mm-hmm. I remember like staring at that as a kid and being like. Whoa! Look at all the yeah. technology. <laughs> <laughs> Just information flying. Yeah, you know what it everywhere. takes to run this building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that building's awesome. I love the United Center. Okay, so this is about the time they get into the business of his uh, his gambling and how this became mm-hmm. a large story. Uh, you know, the the specifically the New York Times reporting on him going to Atlantic City. Um, and I, I don't know, like they, you know, they're talking to David Aldridge and he's like, all right, let me tell you the background. And that was good. Like I'd heard that stuff, but to hear it in like that level of detail, all laid out in one place, I found to be very beneficial. The I don't, s- slim, slim Bular. Yeah. Slim Bular. Yeah. And I, Ooh, I, th- I, I, I did some research on him, by the way. <laughs> oh, please spill it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, What's so slim into. So, uh, the indictment that he was on was, was money laundering. And there were some uh, drug trafficking charges kind of uh, comboed, comboed into one trial, right? <laughs> yeah, just give me the number two on the menu. <laughs> the, the same trial that Jordan, uh, you know, testified in. <laughs> the, uh, he, he wound up getting convicted on the money laundering charges, got off on the uh, drug trafficking charges. Can't touch me. And uh, <laughs> that $57,000 check that Michael Jordan wrote was seized by the government. So he never even got that money from, from Michael Jordan mm, because, yeah. uh, uh, and was, he was ordered to pay like 170, 190,000 or something like that back. But here's the little gym that I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was pretty much uh, going to take, he knew his lawyer and him knew he was going to take it in the shorts on the money laundering. Right. So they're really mm-hmm. trying to get rid of the, uh, the drug trafficking charges. Apparently he like picked up a, put a Mercedes in his name for a drug dealer with a bunch of dope in it and cash and stuff like that. But what he did and why Michael Jordan was key to his uh, defense was Michael Jordan testified that he played golf with him, you know, several times. And, yeah. and there's a quote from, uh, from Slim. It's like, I was really glad he did that. I'm just a golfer. That's all. I'm just a golfer. And so during the, <laughs> during the trial, he wore brightly colored golf attire to court every day. This is a big to, golf to, guy. To, like you. So they didn't think he was a drug dealer. They think, they, so they didn't think he was a drug dealer. They thought he was a golfer. And they yeah. had um, like a set of clubs up there labeled as <laughs> Exhibit A like every day. Like the lawyer files like this is some cockamamie Chicago court shit. We're going he be on golfing. Right <laughs> There's that some is, pretty good Tribune uh, uh, articles on it. I, uh, I, I spent one summer working in a golf course and that is how golf people think. I, I guarantee yeah. you, like every single person I work with at that golf course, they'd have been like, it's a good way to get jury sympathy. Everyone loves golf. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves yeah. a golfer. People no, it's, who it's like golf same. have no awareness about what percentage of the population golfs. They, they, they're they positive it's 100. It's yeah. the same as going around Dallas and saying you went to SMU. Yeah. Yeah. Same same exact shit. It's like it's like no one likes you. No one likes you all. That that doesn't get you in anywhere. Like, what are you talking about? Apparently it won over this Chicago jury though, because uh, he skated on the drug charges. Serious serious question that I have to ask after watching episode six. Does Michael Jordan think it's totally legal to go golf and just gamble thousands of dollars on it? Does Uh, he he think that's like totally fucking cool? 100%. He even says, he's like, 
oh no, I guess he says, do I like to play? I like to play a little blackjack. Is that illegal? No. Yeah. I was like, well, but the it's like weird pivot, is. but yeah, <laughs> is yeah, it? it's like, it, that's illegal. Yes. That's bookkeeping. I, uh, well, no, I, I think it's only bookkeeping. If, uh, if like there's a house taking a cut, I, I think like, uh, yeah, that's true. That's how they get away with all the, uh, gaming rooms, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as the like, house doesn't take a cut, then yeah. uh, no, it's, it's, it's illegal. You it's can't illegal, say I, I, I hundred bucks. If I get this hole, I'm pretty sure you can. I don't think you can. I'll bet you a hundred bucks that I can. I, I can tell <laughs> you right now that it seems a, a, a pretty gray in the legal system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't appear to be a, a prosecuting priority. Also, any, I have a any, question. anything they're doing on a golf course, they're fine with. <laughs> I have a question too. Yeah. Michael Jordan originally said that $57,000 check was, I was just alone. He owed him alone, alone or like something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then comes back and is like, yeah, I, I just said that because I was embarrassed. I'm sorry. Is that not perjury? Like, who did he tell that to? Yeah. It was alone. Did uh, I think that? it was just the media thing. Okay, okay. I, I thought it was like he told officials mm. like, oh, no, no, no. That's just a loan the I gave The court my buddy. of public opinion. Okay. And, you know, like, all, all laws got a certain amount of discretion. And uh, <laughs> yeah. if, you're gonna, if you're not going to use that discretion for Michael Jordan, then, then why do you have it? I guess would be <laughs> yeah. the question. Also, Michael Jordan in the Chicago court, too. Like, I'm sure that was. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a court that tends to have more discretion than most. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's, he's, he's Michael Jordan. A couple of those uh, jury members getting some tickets from God after that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the judge just slips him like the dockens, yeah. like, maybe crumple that up and just like shoot it into that basket over there see if he can make that he just yeah. slides him off he's like slim's just a golfer <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just likes golf man he's really passionate about golf yeah so i i, I thought about uh, i had two kind of avenues questions i wanted to uh see what you guys thought about so <laughs> one is uh the whole business of how he was being covered like he, he he seemed to think like and he kind of was rolling this into you know the the crowds constantly being around him of just like all of it was just too much attention and and he did not feel that it was fair and certainly it, it was the case that like uh before that um you know pe- people would uh the, the sports media would be willing to hide a thing or two from the general public and people often present it as this is a, a long dead sort of thing Every time I have talked to uh, like people who cover the Cowboys, it seems pretty apparent to me that there's a set of facts that aren't like the biggest stories in the world, but are definitely known to all beat writers, and they like just kind of all agree amongst themselves that they're not going to mention it. Like I don't have any mm-hmm. specific examples, and it's really not like mind blowing stuff, but like there's definitely things they know that they don't write, um, and. I've, There's some honor amongst thieves. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would figure working for the Cowboys that you you've run into plenty of that. Um, um, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah a lot, a lot, a a lot co- of stuff that no one says, but everybody says whenever they're in an office with just one or two people. Yes. Well, uh, what is it? An episode? It might have been in the first two, but uh, when Jordan's talking with his writers, he's like, I really like what you wrote about that one thing, and like where he skirts the issue of like a you know uh, front of house you know, irritable issues and wrote a puff piece instead. And Jordan's sitting there palling around with them saying, yeah, I really like that. You went that angle on it. And that's got to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I, for the most part, don't really like that. Like, I, I think that it, it, Mm. it it always gets the, like anytime I hear people talking about it, 
it it leaves me with the impression that like a lot of what's going on here is like getting a sense of superiority from being like the gatekeeper of like well i know a lot of things but not all of them are suitable for you to know you're the unwashed masses mm. me yeah. i'm a cowboy's beat writer making forty five thousand dollars every single year so i'm kind of at this other level and so well, that's that's I, how you that's how you get a source right I mean, just just seeing how the business works, that's how you get a source. You yeah. figure out something that is um, could be incriminating for somebody or just, you know, that could get spun into something that could hurt someone. And you say, OK, well, this is my story for today. If I don't have a better story. Yeah. So exactly. what are you what are you trying to give me? And that's some Danny Concanon shit right there. um and so so i i I don't know i i i'm I'm, i think that if it were me i I, i'd you know probably get fired quickly um (laughs) but but would just like write whatever i knew man like it it seems like a straightforward honesty in that so i think that stuff like covering the fact that jordan was at atlantic city uh you know until whatever there's certainly a dispute between the new york times and him about the exact time um <laughs> yeah. he said midnight didn't he yeah, they were they, like, he said he was like back time, in new york by like midnight or one and the the piece like a says, time stamp of him at like 2 30 yeah, the tables yeah <laughs> yeah um but like i i, th- I think i'm 100 percent okay with those things being covered but the thing that like really gets me is the tone like i i wish mm-hmm. that i wish that we would report on every single thing that any person of any note did and we just did it in like a hey here's here's what they did it's no big without deal spin, with, yeah, yeah like without. we don't give a shit like just whatever it's an interesting story yeah. like honestly if someone were telling me like like you know whatever, whatever we get like working at the ticket i'm sure you've encountered this mike the, the people will tell you like you know hey i saw dak at, at whatever the mm-hmm. bar this was right um and stuff like that i never take it in as like this is an important thing from in, informing my evaluation of Dak Prescott as a quarterback. It's always mm-hmm. just like, oh, that's good gossip. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I like hearing fucking stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wish I mean, that there's, that's... There's two very obvious circumstances that are popping in my head that you and I both lived through. Um, Zeke, downtown, punching that DJ out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Josh Hamilton. Yeah. Right. And then uh, the Josh Brent one, too. There's a lot Josh of people. Brent, and there's probably, there's probably a Des one in there, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a Des one in there. Um, I think but, it was mostly public. Because the, the Des one I remember most clearly was uh, whenever they, they were said to be like chasing down that video of him dragging a girl mm-hmm. across a Walmart parking lot. But I think that, yeah. that wasn't like uh, our inside sources telling us that. I, I think that that was like in pro football talk at some point, right? Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, but like the, I mean, the 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 other echoes of that of like, yeah, no one will ever see that video, and you know why? Yeah, because like, you know, that's that's the stuff you hear that you're like, the oh, Cowboys okay, well, are all we'll, right at picking up first downs. They are elite at <laughs> <laughs> fucking covering up dirt. <laughs> you're the you're the you're the beat writer, and you just told me that. <laughs> so I'm. Why is that not anywhere? Like, what are you talking about? I definitely have had that moment where it's like, yeah. shouldn't you be writing about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, but that yeah, happens so I, 
I, I, th- I think that they absolutely should have written about his gambling. I think that mm-hmm. everything came after of people like wringing their hands about like, uh, you know, how, how could he? I think that, that mm-hmm. those people can fuck off. Yeah, it's it, it was funny to watch him like just turn on them too, right? Because there there are people and I've worked for a couple different organizations and covered sports for a long time. There are there are people that are that know how to play the game with the media and can walk into a locker room and someone could just yell, hey, F your mom. And they would just like laugh and like play it off and just like turn it into like something they wanted to use. Right. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, you know, that's funny because, you know, I'm getting after my contract right now or something. You know, they just spin it. Um, there are people that are good at that. And there are people that just have like absolute disdain for the media that feel like they're being tortured. And Jordan never felt like that through at least what I've seen of it. And my memory of him, I'm like, he uses the media to do what he wants to do. He's sending messages. Most of it is the same bullshit questions like, ha, 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 smile, funny, I'm McDonald's guy. And then it's every once in a while, I'm send a message. But the second they stopped being like his little toy or his his utility, dude, he got so fucking salty. And you like, can see the, that too, yeah. because when like when he used to have control, and like I was brought up earlier, when you know, or, and also, or what about the Isaiah or the Dream Team interview? Where he's like, uh, no questions about mm-hmm. Isaiah. Tom, and the guy's like, yes, no mm-hmm. question. Like they're they're yep. clearly. You know, he's getting, whether it's from his agent or whatever, but they're getting a list of questions not to ask. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden something flipped where these unaskable questions are totally on the table now. And you, you, yeah, that's when he, he flips, you know, he goes, goes mute on him there. Yeah. And I think the gambling he thought was like off limits because he wasn't breaking any laws. Right. Um, he seems legitimately incensed that anyone's talking about this. He, yeah, he thinks it absolutely yeah. should is, is absolutely none of your business. But isn't it true that the thing you get the most mad about is when somebody hits the nail on the head? Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, so this is def and even in the yeah. interviews with him and in, in his, at his house, you know, the, the, the recent interviews, he's still very defensive about it. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, do I have a gambling you, problem? No, you know I have a I have a competition problem. I have a competitiveness yeah. problem. You know Dude, that was like watching an addict. Like. Yeah, that's that's classic Telltale. That was I, no, I have I a problem with want. this. That was my other like, big well, question for you guys: is is do, do you think that Michael Jordan has a gambling problem? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yes. Well, yeah, it, it's covered up. But he's like, he even says in that interview, he's like, if I had a gambling problem, you know, I'd be selling my houses. And so I was yeah. like, no, because you have a billion dollars. Yeah. Like, right. Like, like, and just if anyone just, who has said that is the bar. Yeah. Like, just because mm. it doesn't lead to your financial ruin. Doesn't mean it's a hugely devastating factor in your personal life, bleeding over into your career. You're, you're a functioning addict. Yeah. Like that's all you, it is. You, like, you have the funds to maintain your habit. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, there are people that have drinking problems. that don't drink themselves to death every night. Sure. Right. Cause they're logical human beings like in their brain. They're saying, you know, if I drink this, these three bottles of tequila, like I will die and I won't have to get to have any more fun, which yeah. is my addiction to alcohol. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And like, uh, just, uh, someone who doesn't have a gambling problem to them, uh, a really bad outcome of a gambling situation is like losing a thousand dollars. And mm-hmm. in that interview with Ahmad Rashad, he's going through what he considers to be truly bad outcomes, and it's yep. lose my house, pawn mm-hmm. my championship rings, have my yeah. wife leave me. And if that's <laughs> what you're defining is like, okay, well, now we've gone too far, then like, yeah. of course you have a fucking problem. Now, I feel weird even calling it a problem in this context because like, 
he mm. is good for it. And so, you know, it, it's his money. He earned it fairly. If he wants to spend it in absolutely fucking stupid ways, then like more yeah. power to him. Um, I think that what you run into is, you know, like the, the slim gentleman, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you just don't want Michael Jordan hanging out with those kinds of people because, you know, slim, in addition to gambling on golf, like, like probably I assume was dealing those drugs oh, and yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, all sorts of other apparent, shit. Yeah. Uh, there's mm-hmm. another guy who like died and, uh, they, they found a, a check from Michael in his apartment. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the, the part where it kind of becomes a problem, but like, you know, well, his, I wonder how they tiptoe around his father's death, which is about to happen. Right. Yeah. I can't wait to see in that the, in the gambling issue. Cause I mean, I've known my dad, my dad was Michael Jordan, but he was my dad, right? He would go to the golf course every Saturday, Sunday, and half the time he dragged me with him and they would bet. I don't know, 500 bucks on this golf game we're about to play. And then afterwards they'd sit in the, in the clubhouse and they'd play gin for money. They'd gamble for money after that for a couple hours in the clubhouse and have some beers and hang out like boys on Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) And everybody that played there was like an upstanding citizen. Yeah. Like they were all just like normal dudes that own businesses or did whatever, or, you know, were fucking nineties dads um, and did nothing beyond that. That was like weird or sketch at all. So to me, I'm like, yeah, you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want with your money. Um, but to sit there and just bold face be like, this ain't shit because I got too much money to lose. Like I couldn't spend all this money is like hilarious to me. It's like if you it's, were able to drink an infinite amount of alcohol and we're mm-hmm. getting blackout and ruining your relationships. You're like, ah, that's not going to kill me. Uh, you know, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've, I've got enough in the tank, you know, that doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't phase me. I got two it's kids and one of them will still over. talk to me. Fifty <laughs> percent. It's funny until it bleeds over into your life, right? Exactly. And he's already been he's already been called into court to be a witness for some asshole that's running drugs and gambling. Yeah. Pro- professional and, golfers, Slim Bilar. Um, and then obviously what's about to happen with his father, like you everyone knows the stories of that. Like And it's clearly affecting him and the team right now because all mm-hmm. the teams asked answer questions about it. I do think it was funny. I think it was maybe Paxson at the end of that series uh, after the win, after they win the series and they ask him, they're like uh, something about the, the Atlantic city gambling. And he's like, you know, when we, you attack one of ours. We, uh, we, we, we come back and we respond. I was like, you attack, attack somebody. When you attack somebody for going out and, you know, running a few tables till two thirty in the morning in the middle of a Eastern conference championship. Fine. Like you, yeah. if, if you attack somebody on that, we're going to come after you. I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's the kind of shit that like so, only three time championship teams say like <laughs> yeah. the shit that like yeah. the shit that like Alabama will drum up to like get themselves motivated is like the funniest shit. Like no one believed in us. I was like, what the fuck? Are you dumb? <laughs> yeah. I was like, you were yeah. picked to win the championship like since two years ago. Like, what so are you maybe, talking maybe about? Jordan's gambling wasn't affecting him negatively. It it rallied his team around him for the hey. for the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. There, whatever it takes. And I, 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 and I say I say all this stuff of like kind of judging him about gambling, but not really judging him about gambling because. Yeah. I mean, he can do whatever the fuck he wants with his money. He sold enough shoes and played enough basketball to do. Dude, he could fucking gamble one hundred million dollars on a craps throw for all I give a shit. I don't care. It's your money. Do whatever you want. Yeah. But um, say all that. Uh, forgot my entire point I was building up to. But uh, yeah, totally forgot. 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> it's late. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Let, us, let us know if it comes back. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't, I'm not surprised he ran up a lot of debts. Just kind of like, um, that, uh, the scene in Ocean's 11 where Bra- uh, Brad Pitt's teaching celebrities how to play poker. Like, I, I yeah. feel like it was kind of like that. <laughs> like, uh, like Michael knew the rules, but <laughs> like, uh, you know, just in, um, that, uh, that movie Molly's game also, uh, go, goes into mm-hmm. the whole dynamic of, yeah. you know, there's, there's famous people who like believe that by dint of them being famous, like they get into thinking that poker is about like a uh, mindset and like bluffs and aggressiveness mm-hmm. and like poker's about math guys yeah. <laughs> right so if you think if you're like one of yeah. the top 100 500 people on the planet when it comes to math then like <laughs> by all means play a ton i don't yeah. know that yeah. michael jordan was uh, ready to make that claim yeah uh, i remember remember what i was building up to it's yeah. that i can i can judge him for what he does with his with his gambling and how it affects people around him while at the same time watching this and going yeah, I'm not really comfortable with how we love to build people up and then just like start chopping them down. Yeah, I fucking totally hate agree. that, dude. Yes. That's the most like ugly American thing that we do, and it is just rinse and repeat. Like the second someone's famous or the second someone has any notoriety, we want to know the dirtiest shit on start you. Start checking receipts, you know. Yeah, so even, we can say can we can, so we can feel better about our existence than your existence, yeah. and you're someone he, famous, so I'm better than you, right? And that's how that works. Lame fucking weird, thing to chop him down about. And I think yeah. it's a weird byproduct of he's just like us mentality. Yeah. Nope. Like, look, he's just like us. He, he does shitty things too. And you're like, oh, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He even mentions it. You know, they, they, he said they build you up so they can tear you down. And then, yeah, that's, yeah. That's disgusting. There's, there's some part of our culture that has never like outgrown what we used to do back in the days, which is like take tours of the insane asylums and like laugh at the people. Right. Yeah. There's some part of our society that is sell tickets. Yeah, yeah. I didn't Um, know that. So there's some part of our society that's never outgrown that, right? We want to just like point at something. Yeah, we call that part. It's just banter nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that this shit like entirely took the joy out of his work. Oh man, he seems so deflated. It's it's crazy to me that it like. And you kind of wonder if they're trying to tell a story in the documentary, so they're taking various things and like fitting it to the narrative, or like if this. But it it for the most part does seem like he's legitimately that bummed out by it. Which I don't know. Like on on the one hand, I, I'm like, all right, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I'm happy to learn that. On the other hand, it's like I don't know, man. Like is it that big a deal? Like whatever. So a bunch of these pussies think that fucking gambling's shocking. Like who cares, mm-hmm. man? Yeah. He, was he like the first one, the first either professional athlete or like public figure that was just kind of like, yeah, fuck you. I got a lot of money. I can gamble and do whatever I want. That's what I'm saying. Like what? I mean, Pete Rose had already been banned from baseball. But, but there's <laughs> stories, there's stories of Charles Barkley leaving a casino owing mm-hmm. like a hundred grand and stuff like that. I mean, oh yeah, this, this can't, I mean, because it's Michael Jordan, it's, you know, obviously draws a lot more attention, but how many of those people are going out like what? We literally just talked about Rodman taking 48 hours yeah. off to go to Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Indeed, you know, he had a little different of a, you know. Do you like he, him? They all, they all, they all, they all split up to go like get some rest after that 
whatever Eastern Conference Finals series, and Jordan's like, I'm going to go play some golf and hang yeah. out and just chill in this hotel room, and Rodman says, I'm going to Hooters. <laughs> yeah, I want to see some tits and ass. Is what he said. Like, okay. I, I fucking hate that guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> to the coach, he's like, coach, I'm going to Hooters. <laughs> I, I hate Rodman. Also, man. Phoenix so area lame. Hooters. Michael Jordan, not surprisingly, drives a golf cart like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, with that, uh, with that one foot outside of it, just about uh, hovering yeah, an inch off the ground. Yeah. And he's, he's sitting there talking about, I can't read the greens today, and just, mm. just, yep. That's something that I, I feel like is one of the major takeaways of the documentary. Just seeing the way he acted, like, I, you know, it's so many people who are in a position to act more arrogant than they do. You see that over and over, and so you mm. start to think that, like, like that, that, that comes to be your expectation. Like Larry Bird, you know, like, has certainly had plenty of trash talk in him and, like, has plenty of confidence in his abilities, but wasn't necessarily, like, walking around all the time thinking that, like, the only person you should be thinking about is him. Uh, mm. Whereas Jordan, like, really, it's kind of heartening. For me, as someone who, like, uh, just uh, longs for the ability to be cocky, um, you know, like just uh, really the only reason I want to do anything in life is so I can rub it in other people's faces that they didn't do it. Uh, yeah. like to see that he's the exact same way, except he's done everything. And like, it hasn't sl- slowed him down at all. Like the, you know, we already talked about it, but the whole thing of the, uh, you, you just got a ticket from God. Um, <laughs> and I mean like there's a million other things. Every single one of these personal interactions in this documentary <laughs> is like him being like, uh yeah so uh i guess maybe your needs are equal to mine um i'm not sure how many did you score last game (laughs) (laughs) he can never scratch the itch that is like just wanting to be like a cocky asshole right like he could never do enough to fill this pit inside of him that is like i'm the best you need to know i'm the best you need to say i'm the best right now that's and why you like shoot a free throw moments. with your. That's why you shoot a free throw with your eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And it's just never been like you know. Obviously, he's, he's a well covered athlete. I don't know that they've all laid it out in one place like this. The specific ways that he acted in private that were fucking arrogant as hell. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I love seeing it. I, I needed this, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is nice to watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a supercut of all the the cockiest moments and just anytime I'm going into a business meeting I'm just gonna watch it just try to get yeah, to just that hype, space hype yourself up yeah <laughs> that'd be lit um, yeah, yeah cause, I mean I, I don't it, know I I, I I think that people would have guessed that it was a little bit less than it than it turns out it is mm-hmm. it's pretty thick <laughs> yeah it's pretty constant man it seems like it's it's him like it's not like a couple jokes or a couple you know just. And he's like that everywhere. One-off occurrences. Yeah, it seems yeah. like he's, he's like, like that everywhere. Off the, I mean, as soon as they get off the bus, you know, and or even in those practices and stuff like that, it seems like. Also, like how it just mm-hmm. skirts over. He even punched Will Purdue in a practice session. Yeah, can we I not was ask surprised. About that? <laughs> I was surprised that they didn't ask Will about that. That's they the, glide no. right over that man. That's one of the first times in the documentary where I felt like they were. Uh, they were holding back from me. <laughs> yeah, like, let's hear more about this. He's been quoted at other things. Like, like Will's in the documentary. Ask him, did Michael punch you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe they get into it. Yeah, yeah I, the, I hope so. The, the beginning of this episode, I don't know why they took this kind of like dive into this is the life of a professional athlete. Like, it's mm-hmm. not that fun most of the time. It's like you're at a never-ending fucking work meeting. Mm-hmm. where like you have to say the right shit every second of every day yeah. um i don't know why they took that dive but i was like 
watching that, I was like, yeah, that's kind of like how the shit is. Like, you just <laughs> go from one large crowd of people expecting shit from you to another large crowd of people expecting shit from you. And you just have to be on your toes and be smiling and, and be kind to people. figure out what it is that they want. Yeah. yeah, yeah, figure out what you're asking for. And, like, it's, for him, I mean, I see it on a smaller scale with guys that when I travel with the team, right? You're going from... Oh, I thought you just spent, uh, like, you... Yeah, just me in general. Dragon Brad. Just God. <laughs> just me, God, in general. Um, but no, I mean, you go from a practice where there's press asking you stupid questions to a hotel room where there's people waiting outside for you, back to an arena where there's people trying to get autographs from you at every second. And it, it, it does kind of suck. <laughs> and that's for guys on my team that are, you know, we have one one to two guys that's top 20 players in the league in terms of popularity, but it's not the guy. Yeah. It's not air effing Jordan. Yeah. Like I I've always had ultimate respect for him with how he's dealt with the media and how he's controlled his own message. And that's another thing that LeBron does really well, which is like, I'm not gonna let you write a story about me. I'm telling you what to write about me. Yeah, like that's how been, that's happening. He's a spin wizard for sure. He he puts his plot line mm. in in their in their mouths. There's there's just that thing of like uh you know there's there's people you would recognize like you know I I've I've seen big time brag I've seen famous people before and uh, sure, then uh you know you, you you're not like so excited by them that you then want to ask for them for their autograph or for a picture or anything mm-hmm. like that uh it, you know he's just that that like not only is he recognizable I mean he's six six so he's not gonna like uh, hide in any crowds. Um, but then also like no one would be able to resist, you know, like, like this yeah. is the one time, like you, you're not going to be like, you know, I met Michael Jordan, but I was really cool and never said anything to him. <laughs> like no one wants mm-hmm. to do that. No one wants to have that interaction. <laughs> um, they just want to like, you know, they, I mean, it, it's like if I'm ever going to bug a celebrity once, like I've got to make yeah. it him. So let's save it for that one. I'm sure everyone walks up to him and goes, I'm sorry. I never do this. Yeah. But. Yeah, and they, you know, they like, probably sure don't. Thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, in addition to being recognizable, I, I would as well. yeah, he's also well, like mobbed. When they show that, that <laughs> little, I think in one of the previous episodes, they show the little kid uh, coming up to him while he's in his mm. car uh, asking for a signature. Yeah. And the kid is not even paying attention to Michael Jordan. He hands him a thing to sign. He's freaking out so hard. He's not even looking at him, talking to him. And I know he's a kid, but I think that, I think kids kind of show the, the, purest emotions on how we deal with stuff. That's what adults are doing too. It's not, they're not savoring the time they met Michael Jordan. Right. They're savoring the picture they got of them hanging with Michael Jordan. They're savoring the mm. nowadays, the, the subsequent Instagram photo. Look, that's gonna it's come me out and him it. in yeah. a picture. We're yeah. equal. <clears throat> Same. And everyone's guilty of it to a certain extent, but mm. he seems one to of, have some wisdom about it though. One like, of my favorite he seems to understand the game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one, one of my favorites seeing people, famous people in public stories is one that uh, Sam tells about, uh, I think it was in Utah, right? You want to, can I get you to tell us the time you saw a celebrity in Utah, Sam? Oh, which, uh, which one was this? Let's uh, go back here. Gentleman that owns a mountain. I think he owns a mountain, right? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> when I saw Robert Redford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I was, uh, we were in, uh, up at Sundance. I was there, uh, visiting some uh, friends and family at the time. And we went up to eat at the restaurant at Sundance. And I was like, I swear to God, if I don't see Robert Redford at this restaurant, I'm going to 
this whole trip is worthless. And so we get in there and we get seated. And of course I know that's not going to happen. And sure as shit, we get appetizers and Robert Redford walks in. He's, of course he's just, you're like, well, maybe, you know, maybe in the movie magic, he looks like a, you know, regular old bag of bones. Of course not. He rolls in denim shirt, got jeans on like a white flowy scarf underneath all of it with a toothpick in his mouth. <laughs> Hell yeah. He walks straight in, kisses white the ho- excellence. <laughs> kiss the <laughs> kisses the hostess on the forehead and goes sits at a private booth <laughs> like, on the forehead, um, Mike. You, you got yeah. you got to bring it here. <laughs> like, what a Joe Biden ass <laughs> move. <laughs> I was just. I mean, I got everything I wanted out of a out of a That's celebrity awesome. sighting. I did not go up to him though. It seemed like a bad move. But if it was <laughs> Michael was Jordan, I don't know if you'd have been able to resist. Yeah. I couldn't be pulled for my red tomato curry soup at the time. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the documentary kind of ends. Um, one, I, I didn't realize how much he had been hinting at the time that he was going to quit in 1993. Yeah. Like he was oh, very yes. direct with the mod. <laughs> like maybe mm-hmm. I will. And he's like, when, as soon as like this off season, he was like, yeah, mm. maybe that. Maybe that um, what you said that shit and uh, the they this one includes both the ninety two and ninety three titles so within a short amount of time uh, you you see him celebrating both and it certainly could be like an editing thing where you know like the, the editor has a lot of power to like pick you know what what images he's going to show to uh, to to tell whatever story they're trying to tell so maybe they're just trying to make a point and this isn't how the reality was but. Uh, the uh it just seems like 93 brings him no joy like Mm -hmm. it's like i think they say like it's only relief right yeah that seemed like an ass whip of a year for him yeah Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's 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 setting up to make me kind of think like uh you know that maybe it was reasonable for him to do the craziest thing that anyone's ever done in the history of sports (laughs) yeah now, Mike, I don't want to get out of here without uh, allu- without nailing you down. Are, do you believe what? that Michael Jordan's dad was killed because of gambling debts? No, I've just heard that rumor for a long time. <laughs> I've heard the rumor. I don't. I don't believe it in the slight. I mean, I just think it's I'd, probably two fucking I'd, kids. Whatever. On, honestly, yeah, I'd never. I haven't looked into it because I just don't care. Like I didn't know his dad. Yeah. Um, whatever i also like never met him like like who cares um guy's dead it's a tragedy it happened um no but that was like that's that's like a heavy rumor like in that time and up to this date like yeah but random I, random I, random a-hole in the street i don't think go, those people have a high evidentiary standard no they don't they absolutely don't well, all the rumors have, it's not one with like a lot behind it in my opinion it's it's definitely a top barstool conspiracy theory type thing. You know, yeah, I think that a lot of those people are hot on that. I've never seen any evidence, uh, to support the claim. Like the Ewing envelope. I also haven't done much searching, but the, the, the Knicks like Patrick Ewing draft lottery business. Like that's just Mm -hmm. like you watch the video and like, that's what he's doing. There was a cold envelope in there. It's fucking, you know, open your eyes, people. Uh, mm. This is just like there's nothing other than like what that he that he uh, is. It's built on two things. One, he did gamble. Two, his dad is dead. Yeah, and that's the whole <laughs> case. Yeah. And and they happened at the same times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's, it sounds like uh, that that if if anything occurred, it, it probably occurred while Michael Jordan was gambling. <laughs> Based on he was some at the, he was at the it tables. So. It appears yeah. so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's one of those things that like. 
the conspiracy is more fun than reality of it. Oh yeah. So yeah. People, people just keep echoing it and that's our entire society now. I understand and, that. But I, I mean, I heard that growing up a lot. Like, yeah. Well, oh yeah. Yeah. Probably owed somebody some money. And I'm yeah. like, the fuck are y'all talking about? You, you know something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I do. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I, I think that we are going to have uh, Bob next week, and then I believe Jake yes. is going to finish us out. So, nice. Sam, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, everyone, thank for you listening. For me. Yeah. Love you, bud. It's a fun Love time, guys. Appreciate yep. it.